1965, I was three years old. My wife was only two, but she was almost three. She was getting close. It was, though, a tumultuous year, and it wasn't because of me. America was in the middle of the Vietnam War, and the Vietnam War had become an increasingly unpopular war through the years and created a, a lot of dissension, a lot of uh, protests. Uh, it, was, it was a mess. It was in 1965 also that the Voting Rights Act was passed, but that didn't solve all the problems. Segregation was still there. Racial violence was still there. And it created a lot of tumult within our country, a lot of disruption, a lot of, a lot of heartache, a lot of tears in our nation. Now, in the summer of that year, something different happened. In the summer of that year, CBS Television Network and the Coca-Cola Company decided they wanted to, they wanted to create a, a Christmas special. And so instead of trying to get uh, some of the mainstays who who come out and did the variety shows or the music shows, they went to a cartoonist, a popular cartoonist named Charles Schultz, who wrote a series of, of, of daily cartoons called The Peanuts. And The Peanuts cartoon was, you know, it had Charlie Brown and Lucy and Snoopy and Linus and the whole, the whole Peanuts gang. It was immensely popular at that point. And so they were trying to capitalize on the popularity and create a, a show that would, that would draw viewers, both young and old. And so they contacted Charles Schultz and contracted with him and with producer uh, Lee Mendelson to create a half-hour Christmas special that we've come to know as a Charlie Brown Christmas. I guess they figured Americans in 1965 could use a little hope and cheer with everything that was going on. Now, before being aired, many of you have seen that. If you haven't, uh, go ahead and, and you can get it from the library if you'd like, or you you'd probably pick up a copy. You could probably see it online somewhere. But before it aired, there was a lot of criticism of this show. There were a lot of, of network executives and other people who were in the know who said, you know, this is just not something we ought to do because there was a whole laundry list of things that they had issues with the show. Number one... It was a, people had gotten used to laugh tracks. You remember laugh tracks? That was in a show, the laugh track would go on to tell, kind of tell you where to laugh because you weren't smart enough to figure it out on your own. Or maybe you, they said it'd be kind of weird for you laughing at home. And so they had a laugh track with it. Well, Charlie Brown Christmas didn't have a laugh track. The voices in most cartoons were done by professional voiceover people. But if you listen to a Charlie Brown Christmas special, you listen to the voices, they're all done by real kids. And it's not always polished and perfect. The animation in a Charlie Brown Christmas is, well, it's a little choppy. As a matter of fact, this is something, the next time you watch it, something you can look for just on the side. You know the little puny Christmas tree that Charlie Brown goes and gets? Count the limbs. They change. Because there were multiple artists working on this, and, and so uh, you could check that out. Now, the music. Now, i got to tell you, probably the number one Christmas album I listened to throughout the Christmas season is the, the track from a Charlie Brown Christmas special. That's the one that I listen to most, and part of it is because I'm listening to it as I'm preparing sermons and things like that, and it's not distracting in the sense that it's familiar 
Uh, not all the songs have words, and so it's a little less, but, but it's just a, a really cheerful, get, kind of get you in the Christmas mood kind of track, but it's jazz, and they've never done that before. And they said, wait a minute, this is a cartoon, and you're putting jazz music with this? We don't think that's going to work. But by far, the biggest concern for a Charlie Brown Christmas was about 51 seconds within that 30-minute show where the character Linus is telling of the, Luke's account of the angels appearing to the shepherds out on the field and telling them about the birth of Jesus. Now, when Bill Melendez, uh, the director and the producer, Lee Mendelson, they went to Schultz and they recommended very strongly, you need to pull that out. This is just not going to fly. People aren't going to sit there and just listen to a monologue for almost a minute that comes straight out of Scripture. And, and basically, Charles Schultz is, it was said to have responded to them, if we don't do it, who will? Now listen, I want you to keep that in mind this morning because I think that is true anytime the story of Jesus needs to be told if we don't do it who will we can't we can't rely on tv or radio or anything else any other medium that responsibility has been given to us if we don't do it who will well the two of those producer and director got together and 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 Mendelssohn says he told Melendez well there goes our careers right down the drain but in spite of all the criticisms and a mountain of doubt about it, a Charlie Brown Christmas special went on December 9th, 1965, and nearly half the country, nearly half the TVs in the country tuned into that. Over 15 million people. And here we are 56 years later, and for many of you, it is your favorite Christmas show during the holidays. And so without further ado, because I know you all saw the Christmas tie, right? I don't usually wear ties. You know that on Sunday morning. This is my Charlie Brown Christmas tie. But without further ado, I want to show you those approximately 51 seconds or so that caused such a stir that Charles Schultz refused to have removed from his Christmas special. So let's take a look at that. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel 
a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Now, we've had some fun this season with uh, looking at some of the Christmas classic movies, but, but on this Sunday prior to Christmas, just a few days from Christmas Day, I would like us to zero in just for a few minutes on what Christmas is all about. And I want to give you this simple answer. It's a one-word answer. It's about Jesus. Jesus is what Christmas is all about. Let me share with you a couple of scriptures. First, from, from the uh, Gospel of Luke, the first chapter. It says, and, an, and the angel said to her, that is Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And then in Matthew, in chapter 1, verse, beginning in verse 20, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, this is to Joseph, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken to the prophet, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. In these scriptures we've just read, we have an angel appearing to Mary to tell her that even though she is a virgin, she's never had a relationship with a man, even though that's true, that she had been chosen by God to carry his son, the Messiah, the Savior. As a matter of fact, the name Jesus means the Lord saves. It's no wonder he had to tell her not to be afraid. I can't imagine the weight of such a message on such a young girl. And yet God had called her to carry his son to bring Jesus to us. And we see the angel appearing to Joseph in a dream. Again, telling him not to be afraid 
to take Mary as his wife. See, he had already decided that he was going to, he was going to end their betrothal. He didn't want to put her to shame, and certainly he did not want the shame that came with marrying someone who was already pregnant, and so he decided he would just quietly divorce her. But the angel came and said, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. I know all the things that are going through your mind. I know the challenges that you cannot imagine are going to come to you, but don't be afraid to take her as your wife. Because the one who is conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. And he will save the people from their sins. Both Mary and Joseph asked to sacrifice in an incredible way to bring the Savior, the promised Messiah, the one who the prophets said would come to bring him into the world and to care for him as he grew up. And of course, Linus told us also about an angelic appearance out in the hills outside Bethlehem as the shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks in the middle of the night. And an angel appeared and the glory of the Lord shone. I can imagine how the darkness of night became the brilliance like daylight because anytime we see the presence of God the glory of God it is utterly brilliant and it lit up the night sky and what did the angels have to say to them don't be afraid don't be afraid what an incredible message said to said to Mary, said to Joseph, said to the angels, this is a problem for us as a people. We become fearful. And that fear keeps us from reacting and responding to the world in a way that as we should. It keeps our mouths closed. Remember, if we don't do it, if we don't tell the story of Christmas if we don't declare the truthfulness of who Jesus is and why Jesus came, who will? And it's so easy to say, well, the preacher will. My my small group leader will. That guy on TV on Sunday morning, he'll do it for me. But the reality is the responsibility is given to you and to me. We each carry this. And I I feel that God must be whispering to us all the time, listen, don't be afraid. I I know that that person that that you that God that I've laid on your heart, I, I, I know that I know that you feel a little intimidated going to talk to them. Maybe you feel like that they're more intellectual, or maybe you simply feel like they're argumentative or maybe you say I I just don't want to ruin a good friendship or I'm going to bring this up in in this circumstance because I don't want somebody to just just shut the door here's the reality do not be afraid what you bring is good news of great joy which is for all the people that intellectual that you're intimidated about it's good news for them too that cantankerous person that always is so argumentative, it's good news for them too. That coworker, that 
family member. It's good news for them. Good news of great joy. That'll be for all people. And the angel said, listen, you, you go on into Bethlehem, and I'm going to tell you where to go, and when you get there, you're going to find the Messiah, the promised one, Christ the Lord. And that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is all about Jesus. Without Jesus at the heart of Christmas, all we have really is a feel-good holiday. And it is a feel-good holiday. But it holds really no significance. It's just another reason to have a party. And, and really Christmas becomes about all of what we have given or have received. And there's going to come a time, and it may be in March for some of you, when, when the lights are taken down and the ornaments are packed away and the greenery is put in a plastic container and stuck in the attic for another year. But when all that's happened, here's the question. Will our lives be any different because of Christmas? Will our attitudes be any different because of Christmas? Will the only difference in our lives, because Christmas has come, will the only difference be that we're a little bit more in debt now than we were before it all started? And if that's the case, then that's a shame. Because it is good news of great joy. Now, there are many joy thieves out there. You know some of them. You say, I think I'm married to one of them. I don't know. Listen, there are so many circumstances and so many people and so many groups that want to steal your joy. And if your joy is based on the things that you have and the money in the bank and all everything going right, we like it when things go right, going according to plan or maybe a little better, if that's where your joy is, then i got to tell you, it's going to constantly be in a state of flux. But our good news of great joy is not found in what we have in the bank. It's not found in what may be wrapped under the tree. It's not found in our circumstances going well. Our joy is found in a manger and on a cross. And ascending into heaven after a resurrection. And in a promise that if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back. And I'll take you to be where I am. That's where our joy is. If it's anywhere else, it's misplaced. If it's anywhere else, it fluctuates. If it's anywhere else then I encourage you, I encourage you to move your joy to where it needs to be in this Christmas season. It needs to be in that manger. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I can see 
why in 1965? Now, I, honestly, I don't remember much about 1965. Some of you may remember when you were three very clearly and distinctly. I have no clue. None. But knowing history, I know it was tumultuous time. And some of you lived through that in a way that it left a mark on you. People in 1965 did need hope. They did need cheer. But you know what? It's 2021. And people need hope now. People still need the hope that only Jesus can bring. And I got a pretty good feeling that God's probably not going to send a herd of angels to start telling everybody about Jesus. Because what Jesus said is, I'm giving this to you. You go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And by the way, I'm going to be with you all the way. You, you, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you be my witnesses. And start right where you are with the people right around you that share your same values, people who are like you. But don't stop there. Begin to go out and find those who, where you have to cross little borders, little bridges in order to share. But don't stop there. Keep sharing. And don't rest until you've taken this gospel, this good news of great joy, until you've taken it to all the people. That's part of what we do with our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. It's a way for us to say whether I have a, a dollar or ten dollars, a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. It's a way to say I want to take this, this Christmas season when it's all about the good news of great joy. I want to take what God has entrusted to me and I want to give a part of that to him to take the gospel to the nations. But listen, it's not just about giving. It's also about going. And we ask you at the very beginning of the year, we ask you who's your one? Who is that person that has, God has laid on your heart who does not know Jesus as Savior? Who has no hope of salvation apart from coming to know Him as Savior? We ask you to pray for that person. To invite that person to come and connect with you in church. But more than anything else, we've asked you to share the good news of Jesus with them. And it'd be great if every time we opened our mouths and told somebody about Jesus, they hit their knees and said, I'm ready for him to be Savior and Lord of my life. But if you've done it a time or two, you know that's not the way it always happens. Our job is not to produce results. Our job is to share the good news of great joy. And we're coming to an end, the close of a year, right? Maybe you want to do it before flipping over the calendar. 
Maybe it's this week. I promise you this. If you decide, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to shoot for Christmas Eve. And I, I'm going to invite that person to come. Maybe they're a neighbor. Maybe they're a family member, whoever it is. I can assure you this. If they come on Christmas Eve to either service, they're going to hear the good news of great joy, which is for them. Linus got a spotlight on a stage. Most of us never get that. But God has given you a stage. And he's given you a message. Will you share it? This morning I asked some of you if you're willing to respond to it. It may be that you need today because God has been dealing with you and drawing you. You need to come and surrender yourself to Jesus as Savior and Lord. I cannot think of a better season of the year to do it. And I want to let you know at the end of the service we're going to sing a final song. And that's an opportunity we open it up to have you come and respond. You may just come right down here and say, Pastor, I'm ready today to surrender my life to Jesus and begin to follow him and we'll rejoice with that for some of you you may need to come and pray for that one maybe you've started well but you've been neglectful or maybe you need to pray for that opportunity this week to share with them Jesus or at least to invite them on to on Christmas Eve use this as an altar a place to pray and lay your requests before God some of you you may need a church home place where you can come and believe come and belong and become the person God created you to be if so I want to invite you to respond let's pray Lord God we come in the powerful name of Jesus and and I pray this morning if there's anyone here today who needs to know your son is Savior Anyone here that you are drawing to yourself, that you are calling by your spirit, Lord, I pray that they would respond in joy to receive your son as Savior. Lord, if there are those that we have on our hearts that we need to pray for, Lord, I pray that we would be faithful in prayer, but go beyond that and be faithful in sharing. And Lord, if there are those who need a place to belong, a family to connect to, then Lord, I pray if it's grace, that you draw them to us this morning. And I ask all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you're here this morning, you can respond by coming forward as we are standing together and singing. If not, then folks at home, you can always let us know by using that same text number, the 706-703-4477, and just text the name Jesus to us, and we'll respond and and follow up with you and try to help you as you begin your life with him.